This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening. Okay, very good morning to all of you. It's really good to see all of you here this Easter Sunday morning. So today what we're going to do is we're going to look at uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ and we're going to go through the book of Romans, which is God's Word, and hopefully we'll understand a bit more about why the resurrection matters. Okay, so that's why you have your sermon outlined there and the title says Resurrection Matters. Okay, so before we begin the sermon, uh, because we believe that this is God's Word and He speaks to us through His Word, we're going to ask God uh, through prayer to ask Him to help us to understand what the resurrection is all about. Okay, so may I invite you to bow your heads and to ask God together with me to help, uh, to ask God to help us to understand His Word. So let's bow our heads in prayer. Uh, dear Father, as we come before you today, we want to really rejoice that Jesus has risen from the dead. Indeed, He has risen to life. And we just pray that as we look at your Word today, it would strike us to the heart and that we would be really uh, jolted in terms of what it means for us in our lives today. And we pray for all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you heard any good news lately? Have you heard any good news? You know, like you look at something in the newspaper or anything, you think, wow, that's really great news. I mean, honestly, frankly... Personally, I haven't really found any good news for a long, long time. I mean, like, I look at the news today, and uh, there are all these scandals about fake news. Uh, you know, maybe there's going to be a global trade war. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of bad things happening in terms of democracies and, you know, corruption and, you know, even Russia poisoning its ex-citizens in England. Uh, Facebook, uh, not being able to be trusted. Uh, if you look at sports, if you're into sports, you know, you'll see that there's cheating, uh, in, and there's doping, and there's all sorts of bad things happening. And so personally, I really enjoy opening up the Bible because the Bible is good news. Right? The Bible is good news. So today we read from the Bible, and, uh, up here on the slide, right, it says, that in verse 2, that the Bible and Christianity is all about the gospel. And the gospel is just a very complicated word to mean. Good news. It's all about good news. The good news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. right? His resurrection from the dead. And that's what Easter is all about. It's about good news. Because the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is good news for us. Without the resurrection, really, there is no Christianity. So, you know, sometimes I meet with people and they tell me, oh, you know, I have trouble believing in God because I struggle with the understanding about why there's suffering in this world. Or, you know, I struggle in terms of understanding science and creation. Or maybe I don't agree with the morality of the Bible. But I always say to them, I say, look, you know, the Bible is so much more than these questions. You've got to come back to what really counts. The main thing, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is where you begin to ask whether you really believe whether you're Christian or not. 
not about whether there's suffering or creation or science or immorality. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's where it begins, the, fundo, the fundamental good news of the Bible. Now the question I want to ask you today is, if Jesus Christ didn't rise from the dead 2,000 years ago, then would it matter? What happens if there was only Good Friday where Jesus died on the cross? And we never celebrated Easter because Jesus didn't rise from the dead. Would it make a difference to us? Would it make a difference to Christians? In every way, it would make a huge difference because then there would be a huge question mark over whether Jesus' death on the cross really worked. Whether it was effective, whether it paid for our sins, whether Jesus' work as a substitute really was effective in terms of paying for all the wrong that I've done and taking my judgment, did Jesus' death on the cross really work? Because Jesus, without Easter, would forever be dead, 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 and we probably would be guilty, guilty, guilty. And that's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it actually says in the Bible that without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are still in our sins. So the Bible said, and if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he, di- but he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. See, even the Bible itself admits that without Easter, Good Friday is meaningless. The cross of Jesus is meaningless. There is no payment of of sins. We are still in our sins. Our faith is useless. But the good news, the good news of Easter, the good news of the book of Romans is Jesus Christ has risen from the dead and therefore we know that that we are forgiven, that we have been forgiven because Jesus' work on Good Friday was effective. Now, when Jesus was alive, he made all sorts of promises, right? He made all sorts of claims. And one of the fundamental claims that he made as he was going through in his ministry was this. Right? The next slide, that he would suffer and die at the cross and he would rise again from the dead. Verse 22, and he said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders Chief priests and teachers of the law, he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus took the twelve apostles aside and told them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the prophets, about, sorry, by the prophets about the Son of Man must, will be fulfilled. He will be handed over to the Gentiles, they will mock him, insult him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. On the third day he will, rise again. Now, you see, if Jesus makes these promises, if Jesus makes these claims, 
If he does not rise again from the dead, how can you trust the promises and the claims and the words of Jesus Christ? You can't. So I remember my father always used to tell me that talk is cheap. It's very easy to talk, but it's hard to back up your talk. And I guess as I get older, I realize that's very true because, you know, the contractor tells me that my renovation will be finished by the weekend. Well, by the weekend, it's not finished, right? The delivery man tells me he's coming between 9 to noon and delivery man doesn't come, right? The car salesman tells me that my car is fixed price, but then the price goes up. But these are small change compared to the promises of Jesus, right? Because Jesus promised all the way through his life that he would save people from their sins. He would pay for their sins as a substitute on the cross. And he would rise again from the dead. And his resurrection from the dead is a guarantee that Jesus can be trusted to keep his word. That his work on the cross has effectively paid for our sins. And that's why over and over again, if you look at uh, what the Bible says, it keeps telling us that the resurrection of Jesus is historical, is real, is trustworthy, and it is truth. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says, Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, the good news, the gospel, you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I have received, I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. And last of all, he also he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. So you can see here that actually the resurrection of Jesus actually guarantees to us right, that the gospel is real. We are saved from our sins. Jesus Christ died for our sins and then was raised from the dead. So therefore... Good Friday and Easter are always connected, right? You know, you can't have Good Friday without Easter and you can't have Easter without Good Friday. You need the two to be connected. It's a bit like night and day, right? Or I guess the beach and the sea or you know, grass and soil or whatever you want to think of. But Good Friday and Easter are always linked together because both of them show us that the work of Jesus has actually paid for our sins. We are guaranteed now when we see the resurrection of Jesus, that we are no longer in our sins, that we are actually forgiven our sins. So Romans chapter 8, right, it says, that what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died. More than that, 
who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. See, when Jesus rose from the dead, he didn't rise to have a holiday, you know, for eternity, right? You know, he's not like sitting up in heaven in his hammock having his uh, iced lemon tea, right? He's actually in heaven sitting at the right hand of God the Father interceding for us. That means whenever we are sinning or whenever we've done something wrong, Jesus is up there in heaven because he's risen from the dead and he's telling God, look, doesn't matter whether so-and-so has sinned or not. Remember, I died for him. I died as a substitute for this person, for this man or woman. And therefore, that person's sin has been paid for. And that's why the resurrection matters, because without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Jesus would not be in heaven now interceding on our behalf constantly to make sure that God has always been reminded by Jesus that Jesus' death on the cross has covered over and has actually completely wiped out all our sins day after day. Now the second reason why resurrection matters is found in the passage that we read right at the very beginning, right? Because you notice, if I were to write the book of Romans, we always think, what is the good news of Jesus Christ? We always think the good news of Jesus Christ is his death to pay for our sins. But isn't it interesting, because in the book of Romans, the first thing that Paul, who writes Romans, says is the good news, is that Jesus Christ has been risen from the dead. Right? The first thing he thinks about as the gospel, the good news, is not the death of Jesus on the cross, but his resurrection from the dead. But if you actually pay attention to what is written here, it's kind of confusing, right? Because the gospel is regarding the Son who through the Spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ our Lord. That doesn't make sense, right? Do you find it a bit confusing? Because if God is already, oh sorry, no, if Jesus is already God's Son, why then does He have to be appointed or declared to be the Son of God? You know, like for myself, right? I'm an Ong. See? Oh no. Andrew Ong. Okay? So my father is Tony Ong. And I'm, ever since I've been born, I'm the son of Tony Ong. Right? That's normal, right? It's not as if I only become the son of Tony Ong when I pass my PSLE, or when I finish my O-levels, or when I get my first paycheck, right? I mean, I'm always the son of Tony Ong. I mean, that's who I am. That's my nature. So why is it that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is so important that he becomes appointed as the Son of God. So I always remember one of the, uh, one, you know, sometimes, I'm sure that for many of you, you hear my sermons regularly, you can't remember a lot of things I say. Lah. But I always remember one sermon I, uh, that I heard many, many, many years ago um, by my pastor in Australia a long time ago called Philip Jensen, and he made this very good point. He said, God's Son is not the same as the Son of God. Because Jesus was always God's Son. That was who Jesus was. That was the nature of Jesus. That's His identity. 
God's son. He was always God. He was always divine. He was always God's son. But at the resurrection of Jesus, he was appointed the son of God. Because the son of God is a title. The title promised in the Old Testament to be given to the ruler, one who will rule and be given the whole world for eternity. So in Psalm chapter 2, right? if you look up here, sorry if the print is a bit small, if you are having trouble seeing it, that means that God wants you to sit closer and that you're getting a bit older. right? It says in Psalm chapter 2, Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they say, and throw off their fetters. The one enthroned in heaven laughs and the Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession. You will rule them with an iron scepter. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. So what Jesus does when he is risen from the dead is that he is then given the title Son of God. He has become the Son of God as in the ruler of the whole of the universe for eternity. So therefore, when we think of Easter, we don't so much think of the resurrection of Jesus just to guarantee us forgiveness for our sins, but we also see that Jesus has been risen to take his rightful place as the king and the ruler of the whole world for the rest of eternity. And that's why in the passage that we read in Romans, right? It says, who the, through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the son of God by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, Christ means the king, our Lord, our ruler. See, so all these images, right? Power, king, ruler. They show us who this resurrection Jesus is, the son of God. So I think that's why that's good news. Because Jesus is not some harsh tyrant, right? He's not some, like, you know, king or ruler who wants to squeeze you and oppress you and is corrupt and just wants to make money and serve himself. But this king who died for us now resurrects to be the caring king of all his people. That's what the resurrection of Jesus achieves for him. And that's why Psalm chapter 2 it ends with the verse, right? Blessed are all who take refuge in this king. Because he's not just powerful, but he's loving and caring. He's the same king who died for us three days ago, but now three days later is risen to power. Now I remember some friends telling me that, you know, they, they, they like talking about Jesus, but they feel that Jesus is just a wise person. You know, he's like a good teacher. But he is much, much more than just a good teacher or a wise person. Because the resurrection of Jesus shows us that he is actually the king 
for eternity. And therefore, we must find our refuge in Him. I think part of the reason why we find it a bit alien to rejoice in the coming of King Jesus is because we have such bad experiences with, I guess, rule in the world today, right? So we think of prime ministers and presidents who may be smarter than us, who may be a little wiser than us, but they still make lots of mistakes. Right? They still make lots of mistakes. There are still people who started out well, who are bad, and they are corrupt. You know, So we think Jesus maybe is just slightly better than we are. And anyway, when he comes as king, he will just make a lot of mistakes just like everybody else does. But it fails for us to see the magnificence and the glory of Jesus because he is not a man like us. He is, in his very nature, God. And his rule will be for eternity, full of wisdom and love. And that's why it's such good news that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead because this king, this God king, will bring a rule in which we can take refuge in him and find great care and love and peace. I like the rule that we may see in the world around us. So there's a second reason why resurrection matters because Jesus rises to be the son of God who rules for eternity. The third reason why resurrection matters is because it guarantees that we resurrect in the future as well. So in um, in Romans chapter 6, it says, We are therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin may be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. Now I was reading an article a few weeks ago, I think, days ago, where someone was saying that, oh, you know, the resurrection of Jesus, some people misunderstand it to be a spiritual resurrection, that Jesus rose on the third day in a spiritual way. But as we've already seen, that's fake news, right? Okay, Jesus didn't die and then rise spiritually. He rose physically. He rose bodily. Now that's so important for us because it means that when we die, if we follow Jesus, then the same thing that happened to Jesus happens to us. We are risen, not to become like, you know, these spirit things floating around. We, we are risen bodily, physically. And that's why the Bible says, uh, the next slide, right? We will certainly rise again because Jesus has risen from the dead. Because he has risen from the dead, we who are part of Jesus now, we are united with Jesus, will in future rise up together with him. 
Because it says there in the Corinthians passage, right, death has been destroyed. You no longer have to fear death. The power of death is no longer our master because it's been subdued by Jesus Christ. So the resurrection of Jesus, which we celebrate in Easter, is not a one-off event, right? Because in future, Easter will be for all of us. We will all rise from the dead one day when Jesus comes again. Now, it reminds me of a really important principle in life, right? Like if you want to do something which is really difficult or even impossible, you kind of have to follow people who've done it before. Okay, so take for instance, if you want to say climb Mount Everest, right, which is really, really difficult, you, you have to follow the people who've actually made it to the top. Right? There's no point you following someone who has never climbed to the top of Mount Everest in order to get to the top. I mean, you need to, to follow people who've been there before. So like, for instance, you want to run a marathon, well, it's good for you to follow someone who's actually run many, many marathons and finished, right? You don't have, like, follow like this guy who, you know, has never finished a marathon. You know, you follow him, you'll never make it to the end. In the same way, you know, if you want to become a very successful uh, football coach who wins uh, trophies, then you, you follow people who have won before, right? So I, I know there are a lot of Arsenal supporters here, so I thought I'd better put this other guy here as well, right? If not, you all get offended with me or something. Now, in the same way, if you want to become a very successful businessman, then, well, you follow people who've created successful businesses, right? Like Steve Jobs or like Jack Ma. You don't want to follow people who have not been able to create it. So in the same way, if you want eternal life, who do you follow? There's only been one person in history that I'm aware of who's died and risen again after three days. There's only been one person who's promised to die and rise again after three days. And that person is Jesus. So the resurrection of Jesus actually shows us that he has the power to overcome death as he has promised. And he also promises that those who follow him will also be able to overcome the power of death. Now for many of us sitting here this Easter, we may think that Easter is, you know, not much to get excited about. Maybe the EPL soccer game is more interesting tonight, or, uh, you know, the computer game that you're playing is more exciting. But one day, Easter will be the most important thing for you. But hopefully by then it's not too late, right? Because that will be the day where you see death approaching, right? When you see death coming, and death comes for everybody. On that day, then you think Easter is really important because on that day, then you'll see, okay, I need Jesus really badly because only by following Jesus will I truly be able to be assured that death will not be able to be its master over me. So I shared this illustration before about my father-in-law, but I thought that it fits so well that I'll share it again, right? So my father-in-law was a very rich Chinese businessman and he had many, many resources, and he got cancer of the liver. And he was dying. He tried all sorts of uh, different treatments. He went to Hong Kong for the latest cancer treatment. I remember him taking these tablets. Like Each tablet was like hundreds of dollars each. But in the end, all the cancer treatments failed him. And I remember 
we were in Sramban in the hospital and he was just, you know, being given morphine to ease the pain. And I was there with him and my wife. And then he said this Chinese proverb to me, right? And, you know, I jakantang, so don't understand what he's saying, right? But anyway, this is the Chinese proverb. So, you know, it's like, 天下没有不散的烟气. Ah, I see, I can, I can say it, right? Okay, right? But what it literally means is there is no never-ending feast. That means that every feast under the sky, under heaven, will come to an end, right? And I, I guess basically what he was saying, lying at his deathbed, was that every life will come to an end. And we, we were there, my wife and I, we were telling him, no, you know, as a Christian now, that proverb is not true because life does not come to an end. Right? The feast will continue into eternity because Jesus Christ, through his resurrection from the dead, has shown that death has been defeated. Death does not cut short life. Death does not cut short the feast. And I think that that's why Easter is something to be excited about because the resurrection matters. It shows us that our sins are really forgiven, that Good Friday really was effective. Jesus has risen now to be the Son of God, the ruler for eternity, and that we, united with Jesus Christ, do not fear death because if Jesus overcomes the power of death, then he promises that together with him, we too will overcome the power of death. And I hope that this Easter, all of us will find our refuge in Jesus Christ. Okay, So let's uh, go to God in prayer. Uh, dear Father, as we come before you today, we really want to ask you to help us to see how marvelous, how wonderful, how great Easter is. That the resurrection of Jesus in body, physically, means so much that when we see the resurrection of Jesus, we know that we are forgiven. We know that Jesus will rule for eternity. And we know that we will live eternally with Him. So we pray that we will find our refuge in Him, all of us today. And we pray for all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at busypc.sg.